Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 32. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about your own mini charitable foundation, just like the super wealthy have. What you'll learn is, what is soul level wealth? How to set up your own mini foundation? What a donor advised fund is? And the advantages of having your own mini foundation. I've talked about soul level wealth before and simply soul level wealth is my way of saying you're wealthy inside and out. It's not just about having toys and cars and nice homes and vacations and extra money and big bank accounts. It's also about being wealthy inside and feeling wealthy, feeling like you have enough to give to other people, feeling like you want to make a contribution in this world and you want to give back. So it's not just all about money. It's about being happy with what you have and being charitably inclined. So I thought on this show, I'd show you how to have your own mini foundation to give to charity. Wealthy people are often very generous. Now that's a broad statement and certainly not every wealthy person is generous. We of course have Scrooge as our uh, one wealthy person in, in um, fiction who was not a very charitable person, but he learned an important lesson, didn't he? He did eventually. But uh, not all wealthy people are generous, but there are many, many wealthy people who are very generous. In fact, I don't know if you are aware of this, but there is a a trend right now and a challenge actually for billionaires to leave the majority of their estate to charity. So Bill Gates with the Gates Foundation, Warren Buffett, Ted Turner, and many other billionaires have guaranteed to leave at least half of their estate, and in most cases, much more than that, to charity. So we have this gigantic trend of billions of dollars being funneled back into charities, and that is going to really change our world in the future. That's significant funds that are going to do amazing, amazing things, and it's really exciting. But you don't have to be a billionaire to be charitably inclined. You might be thinking, oh yeah, well it's easy for them because they have lots of money. So of course they can be generous. They've, you know, they've got spare millions sitting around. Sure, that's easy to be generous. Or let me ask you this. Is it that they have extra money because they give it away? Hmm. Do they have extra money because they give it away? Or do they give it away because they have extra money? Or are both true? So very wealthy people often have foundations that they donate millions of dollars to. And then the foundation does their charitable giving for them to the actual charity. So in other words, they donate money into an account and later from that account, it goes to the charity. 
and they get a tax deduction when they put the money into the account, not when it goes to the actual charity. So you don't have to be a multimillionaire to act like one. You might be thinking though, I need to get more money, not give it away. Or you might be thinking, when I get more money, then I will give it away. But giving it away says, I have more than enough. If you're not giving money away, you're probably feeling scarcity and it's probably perpetuating your scarcity. So whenever I'm at the grocery store and I go through the checkout line and they ask, you know, in the, where you slide your debit card or whatever through there and they say, do you want to donate to this organization or that organization? I usually say, yes, I do want to donate to this organization or that organization. Because saying yes to a charitable request is just reinforcing the fact that you believe you have enough, that you have more than enough, that you can give to the less fortunate. I also am a proponent of buying those extra food bags when they have food bags and they you know, put the cans of food in them and then they sell the bag and you can um, ring that up at the cash register and then you give it to the charity to donate. I think that's a great way to also just do some giving. Of course, you probably have your favorite charities that you might donate to regularly. And also just giving away old clothes and furniture. These are all ways that you can be a giver. And of course, you're going to get a nice tax deduction for all of that giving that you're doing. Just keep your receipts and also get a receipt for donating the clothes and the furniture and you'll get a nice tax deduction. So setting up a charitable account, I believe will help you attract more money because in a way what you're doing is preparing to have more money so that you can give some away. So if you're preparing to have more money by setting up your charitable account to give money away, that's really reinforcing again to your subconscious that I have more than enough. I have money coming to me. I'm attracting money and I'm going to have excess wealth that I can put into this account and I can really give to other charities. So that's what's pretty exciting is you're starting this in anticipation but it is going to take a little bit of cash to get started. So here's the thing. It will take a one-time donation of about $5,000 and you can have your own mini foundation. So it's called a donor advised fund, a donor advised fund, which is probably the worst marketing name I've ever heard. <laughs> Why people haven't changed that name, I don't know. But I'm going to change it and I'm going to call it Mini because it's your Mini Charitable Foundation. So it's called a donor advised fund. If you were to call Fidelity or go on to Fidelity.com or Schwab.com, if you were to talk about your financial advisor about a donor advised fund, it would be your own mini charity that you'd be talking about. So uh, it's a terrible name, but again, I'm switching it to Mini. So we're going to call it Mini. So once you've donated this $5,000 minimum into Mini, you're opening a new account. You're able to put a name on the account and name it what you would like. You could call it My XYZ Charitable Fund. And that's if that's what you want to call the account, you can call the account that. So you can put it in your name and, and 
oftentimes when I see very large donors give money to a hospital or some big campaign uh, that's raising a lot of money, I've seen such and such charitable fund or such and such family charitable fund or in the name of a loved one who's passed. It's a great way to honor someone who's already passed over and you want to do something to honor their legacy and create a legacy for them. So you can put that in the name of a loved one. And anyway, the naming of the fund is really fun and you can be creative. But um, it usually is about a $5,000 minimum with Fidelity. With Schwab and others, it's a higher minimum. So I'm going to talk about Fidelity so that it makes it a little easier for people. But basically, they're the exact same fund. So there's really not much difference between uh, donor-advised funds or what we're going to call our mini charity. So our mini charitable account, you can open at Fidelity.com with $5,000. Again, it's called a donor-advised fund. And once you've put that $5,000 into the account, you've actually gifted that into your charitable account, your mini charity. So that mini charity now gives you a tax deduction of $5,000. So the money is actually sitting in your mini charity account and you get to choose investment options. Usually there's three, four, sometimes five different investment options. You can choose a stock account or a bond account or a money market or a combination of stocks and bonds. And that money will get invested while it's in the account and it will grow without any tax to you because you've already gifted this money into your account. It's no longer part of your estate. You no longer have any access to that money. It's as if you gave it to a charity, but instead it's in your charitable fund. And the luxury you have is figuring out the time that you want to take it from your charitable fund and actually give it to a charity. So I'll give you an example. Someone that I once knew uh, was a big Boy Scout fan, and he'd been in the Boy Scouts for years. But there was a big scandal that had happened with Boy Scouts, and he really wanted to give money to them, but he was a little nervous gifting money directly to Boy Scouts right at that time because of this ongoing scandal. So what he did was he opened his own donor advised fund mini charitable account and he put the funds in the mini account, got the tax deduction right away and then waited and gave money to Boy Scouts over a period of years from that fund whenever he wanted to. It didn't matter. He already got the tax deduction. He had the luxury of the time to decide when he would give the money actually to the Boy Scouts. So in your mini charity, you can actually give it to any 501c3 organization or any organization that's a charitable organization recognized by the government. So in other words, if you could write a check directly to a company and get a tax deduction, then you can write a check into your mini charity and later have the mini fund give a check to that organization uh, and that would be fine. So any recognized charity can later receive a check from your mini account. But today, when you put money into your mini account and any future contributions you put into your mini account, you get a tax deduction today, you get to invest it today, you don't have to pay any tax on that accumulation that eventually can go to charity too, whatever money grows within your account, and then you have the luxury of time to decide when you want to give money out of your mini charity to the actual charity. I hope that makes sense. So. 
Essentially, you're putting it in a holding place until you decide what charity you want to give it to. You've made your contribution, you've received your tax deduction, and now you can take your time deciding which nonprofit will receive the funds. So again, any 501c3 nonprofit and charity recognized by the IRS is eligible. So that means you cannot make a deduction to your poor Uncle Wally as a tax-deductible donation, okay? It has to be a legitimate 501c3 legitimate charity that you're going to contribute to. Now, you should be thinking about making at least a small contribution from the fund annually if you can, maybe uh, like 5% a year from your mini fund. That's a good thing to do just to show that you are uh, wanting to make contributions uh, and and give to charity, but you can leave the money in the mini fund in the mini charity and you know just have the investments grow the money within and again that grows without tax and when there's money in your mini charity when you die you can will your mini charity on to someone else such as your children to administer the contribution so let me be clear, your children will not receive the cash for themselves. It will stay in a charitable fund, your mini charity, and they can just administer the funds to charity. So again, you've gotten this out of your estate. You no longer own it. You no longer have access to it for your own benefit. Your children wouldn't have access to it for their benefit if they're the beneficiary. They would simply be able to administer the contributions to charity. So this money stays in the mini charity fund, of course, and does not become their money and can only be given to charity. But what a great learning tool this is for children. And I know I had many clients back in my investment days where they were using this as a tool to teach their children. And what they would do is they'd set up a donor-advised mini charitable account and they would each Christmas get together and have their children do research on what charity they wanted to donate to that year. And then the children had to make a formal presentation to the parents. And each one of them would present their charitable idea to their parents and who they thought deserved the family's charitable contribution that year from their mini account. And then the parents and the family voted on whose idea they liked the best. And then whoever's idea they liked the best, they would um, make that contribution to that charity. Now, you can do a variation of that if you want to just have your kids make the presentation, do the research, and then award each one of them for doing a good job for doing that work. You could certainly, you know, divide your contribution to each child's charity that they suggested. That's another variation of that. So that every child feels good about the research they did and the information they shared and they all win positive feedback. So that's kind of a nice thing where your kids actually get involved in in researching charitable organizations and they understand how the mini works and they understand the importance of giving to the less fortunate. So I think that's a really super great way to teach kids about money and about charity and gifting and you know the kids feel really good about it and the charities win and everybody wins. So I think that's a great way to start teaching the kids about charitable giving and the responsibilities of stewarding money. So 
If you don't have $5,000 to open a mini charitable account, then make a contribution to support a charity of your choice. You can do the little suggestion I mentioned earlier about the grocery store, and you can contribute a dollar here and there uh, that way, or $5 that way. Or you can even start sending a small check regularly to a charity. Maybe you tithe to your church. Um, maybe you tithe to a food bank. Uh, maybe you give food to a food bank. But start uh, thinking of ways that you can be charitable, can give back. And again, that really says you have enough. You have more than enough. You're willing to give of what you have. And that keeps that flow of energy going and keeps the flow of money flowing through you and not just stopping and getting all blocked up. And I really think that when you give to charity, money given away comes back to you in spades. And if you're using money to help others, you're going to be blessed with more. So choose one or two regular charities that you would really like to give to on a consistent basis. And I also suggest that you try an experiment and give money one month, more than you usually give, and see what happens. See if money doesn't come to you in a bigger way. That's something that... Um, I've read books about, and there's certainly a lot of belief about prosperity, that the more you give away, the more that comes back to you, and I think there is something to that. So you can record your results in your wealth journal and see how giving more money attracts more money to you. So your action step for today is to write down how much money it is that you want. You know, a lot of times we really don't think about how much money we want in our life, or really how much would make us happy or how much would make us feel abundant, how much would be something that could provide for our family, our friends, and for all the things we want to do in life, including charitable giving. So I used to have a friend that would say, think big and add a zero, which is kind of an interesting concept. So think big and add a zero. How much money would you like to have? And don't judge your answer or wonder if it's possible. Just decide on a number. Just have a number come to your mind. And it's not a commitment. It's not a test. It's just time to decide and choose your destination. Zig Ziglar has a great quote that I love, and I just posted on my Facebook page this week. It is, you don't just wander around and end atop Mount Everest. And that is so true. You don't just wander and like accidentally end up at the top of Mount Everest, right? It requires a lot of planning. It requires a goal. It requires breaking down a big goal into smaller pieces and training and equipment and all of those things. So I want you to think about the fact that money is the same way and creating wealth and making money is the same. You've got to have some plans about it. You've got to have a goal and uh, some desires for that money. So I want you to write down how much money it is that you'd like to have. The amount of money I want to steward is X amount of dollars. And then really give some thought to that question. Because again, that's a direction that you want to head in. And you want to really stop and think about what level of money do you want to have? So what you learned today is what is soul level wealth? That's wealth that's inside and outside. 
how to set up your own mini foundation. I'm suggesting fidelity.com. I don't get any uh, commission or anything for that, but it's simply where I have my mini account. It's nice because it has a low minimum for people. So you can go there and you can start your foundation. You can certainly put in more than $5,000 um, and you have investment accounts to invest in while you're there. It's called a donor advised fund. And the advantages of having that donor advised fund mini foundation are that you get to donate today, take the tax deduction, and then decide later on when in fact you give that money to charity. And it can be for any 501c3 approved charity. So it's a fabulous account. You're gonna love it. I love mine. And again, have fun naming it, have fun with your donations. Everything can be done online. Yes, there are fees, of course. There's fees for the money management. Uh, but things are really reasonable. You can get all the details online at fidelity.com. Uh, so check that out. So do you own books that you want to read, but for some reason haven't been able to open them up and read them? Me too. I had just shelves of books that I wanted to get to, but I never could open them and read them. And I finally ended up donating them to the library and listening to those books on Audible and learning what I wanted to know. It was so much easier and saved me tons of time. You know, those classic books that you always want to read? And that's why I'm excited to share a time-saving tip with you. For listeners of the Be Wealthy and Smart podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to try out their service. Just like listening to podcasts to learn things, Audible is a great way to multitask and learn. I finally listened to books I had owned and never read. I learned so much and got them checked off my to-do someday list. To download your audiobook today, go to BeWealthyAndSmart.com forward slash resources. You'll see Audible.com on my resources page at BeWealthyAndSmart.com. Get your free audiobook. They've got 150,000 titles to choose from. It's amazing. They're great. Go check them out. Again, that's BeWealthyAndSmart.com forward slash resources. I also want to say thank you so much for your ratings and reviews. I really appreciate them. I'm so excited to read what you have to say and your kind words. I so, so, so appreciate it. It means so much to me. So thank you for that. And if you haven't signed up yet for your 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset at BeWealthyAndSmart.com, go on over to my website, sign up for 21 days. You get little emails with videos, audios, and information from me to you to help you change your thinking from lack to wealth in 21 days. How you think is the foundation for everything else we're doing. So get started now removing those limiting beliefs. That's at BeWealthyAndSmart.com. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.